0: Some very impressive pitching performances on Tuesday night. Dylan Bundy, complete game, one hitter with 12 Ks. Of course, Luke Weaver strutting his stuff. Jake Judis doing his thing. And yeah, we'll talk about it right now. We'll tell you who to add. We'll tell you who's legit. Welcome to the show. It's Fantasy Baseball today. A lot of your emails at the end of the show at Fantasy Baseball at CBSI.com. Happy Hump Day, Scott White.
1: Hey, hey, Adam, how's it going? Hey. We, we were having play. some, uh, some technical difficulties just prior to the show and I got a chance to play around with the effects button on the soundboard here. You want to do it on the air? Ah, uh, yeah, really? Alright. You, just... you want me to un- un- reveal my song on the air, live? Scott was, uh, kind of, yeah, he was, he was rapping a little bit and, uh, right. yeah, we'll, we'll talk about the technical
0: difficulties too, but, Go for it. This could be a little annoying for everybody, so beware. Uh, maybe no, no, turn your levels no. down. A
1: this bit. will be the best thing they've heard all, all right, the year. Go ready? for it, Scottway. Ready? Ready? ready, ready. That's as far as I've gotten uh, so far, <laughs> but I think it's a, I think it's a work in progress. It's really weird.
0: So, <laughs> so I'm I'm sitting. I'm Skyping with Scott, and he sounds like a chipmunk. We can't figure it out. He sounds really high pitched. It was actually very funny. And then he started singing the chipmunk song. And I'm sitting there. I turn off my computer. I reboot my internet. We both uh, restart Skype. We can't figure it out. So I I am Chris Towers. I say, hey, remember when we had that problem before? Where you sounded like a chipmunk. How did we fix it? So he comes into the little podcast room, flicks the switch on the back of the mixer off and back on. And, Scott, basic yep, yep. rule
1: number one of troubleshooting, and you right. failed. Turn it off, turn it back on. We, it we need the, the genius of Chris Towers in here. Mm-hmm. We miss it dearly. Mm-hmm. We sure do. We we uh, we saw a great start
0: from Dylan Bundy yesterday, and we should probably start the show with that. But we have other stuff to get to. It's Worryometer Wednesday. Jorge Polanco double on yesterday. A couple players stole two bases. They play for the same major league team. Uh, I have... A segment called the Well, I'm going to change it To the most confusing player in fantasy The most confusing player in fantasy But let's start with Dylan Bundy I think he leads the standouts Uh So last five starts Bundy has a two ERA 45 strikeouts to six walks in 36 innings And 16 or more swinging strikes in four straight starts He's been outstanding What's your take on Dylan Bundy right now?
1: Yeah, he's he's Figured it out, I think, here. Um, this particular start, he threw 27 sliders, 10 of them swinging strikes. And that slider-cutter hybrid's been the key to his success all along. He's started throwing it more recently here, basically coinciding with this, this turnaround. Um, back to the level he was throwing it in April when he had so much success. Except this time around, he's getting a ton of strikeouts to go with it. I read last after his last start that he he felt like he lost the feel for it mid-season so he stopped throwing it as much. Hopefully this stretch teaches him to do that never to do that again because he is a different pitcher with that slider and absolutely uh, a must start right now.
0: Now the last time he pitched on 4 days rest, he gave up 7 runs. That was 5, 6 starts ago. They keep giving him extended rest and It's been five days a couple times. It was, uh, eight days before his penultimate start or his second to last, I don't know. Yeah, penultimate, whatever. Most, second most (laughs) recent start. Uh, so I do want to see what happens if they, if they pitch Bundy on regular four days rest, but they have a day off next week. So that should be, unless he pitches again this weekend, which would be against Toronto on Sunday. Yeah, that would be interesting. Let's see what happens. But they're they're giving him more rest than it has been working out well. I mean, I don't care if he's pitching on regular rest. You're starting
1: him this weekend.
0: But be well, I test. mean,
1: yeah, you are. There is the possibility, depending on how this wild card situation plays out, that he just gets shut down at some point. He's 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 a player with with definite innings concerns. But the roy the Orioles are in the thick of things right now. Um. So I can't imagine they would shut down. I guess Gosman's come rely, become reliable too, but basically one of their only two reliable pitchers if they're trying to secure a wild card spot. Only only one and a half games out of that second spot right now. Yeah, that's crazy. Okay. Rest of season,
0: Dylan Bundy or Luke Weaver?
1: Well, I don't know if you heard about a little trade that went down before the pod, right before the podcast started, Adam. Sure did. Mike Leak to the Mariners. Yes. So Luke Weaver's job is secure. That doubt is no longer in, in, in the picture. He, he's there. He belongs. Back-to-back 10 strikeout performances is coming back from the minors. And then he made a start in early August, too. Had eight strikeouts, and I think it was about six innings. He looks great. He looks like somebody uh, who needs to be owned everywhere. I would still prioritize Bundy over him, but the the innings aren't as much of a concern for Weaver, so that narrows the gap between the two a little.
0: Is Luke Weaver a future star? What does what the future hold for Luke Weaver, 2018 and beyond?
1: I mean, I have a hard time being that precise with my uh, projections of what a prospect could become but i i don't think that's outside the realm of possibility at all it, it's not it's not like he's this um you know he wasn't as high profile as like a carlos martinez is when he got up certainly not like an alex reyes he's he's not he wasn't quite that caliber of prospect so it's not it's not a slam dunk that a ceiling is that high but the minor league stats certainly certainly support that kind of ceiling and um, just in terms of pure stuff, he reminds me a little of, like, Corey Kluber. So I-, I think Weaver could absolutely be that. It's too big of a leap right now for me to say he's going to be a star.
0: Would you rather have Luke Weaver or John Lackey?
1: I would rather have Luke Weaver. Luke Weaver or Michael Waka. Luke Weaver. There you
0: go. Wait, right. wait, 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 wait. wait. No, stop. It's terrible.
1: It's terrible. Oh, you can't know. I could try different effects if you want. Please don't. Please.
0: No. Oh, that was terrible. right Luke Weaver, 79% owned. Make him more, make Luke Weaver more owned again. And how about Jake Junis, 20% owned? If you are like 10 on the Luke Weaver addometer, where are you on the Jake Junis atometer?
1: If I'm a 10 for Weaver, I'm a 7 for Junis. Oh, yeah? I added him in two leagues last night, so good for me. I don't think he's making it on my roster even in all 12 team leagues, but if if pitching was an area of concern for me, um, given his availability, he would be one of the first places I look on the waiver wire right now since returning from the minor leagues uh four of his five starts have been really good including three with seven strikeouts or more and that is in line with the numbers he put at put up in AAA and in the PCL of all places so Jake Junis is definitely somebody you need to have your eye on Jake Junis
0: is 20% owned I'll put the same names uh would you drop John Lackey would you drop Michael Waka
1: for Jake Junis? I'd drop Lackey or Waka sure I I don't if we're kind of to the point of the season I mean it's it's almost September right if true you can't trust a pitcher to in his next start, regardless of what the matchup is. If it's a matchup situation, okay, fine. Like if he's at Colorado, whatever. I'm not talking about that. I'm just, regardless of what the matchup is, if you have a pitcher and you can't trust that he'll deliver you, that that you're willing to start him for his next start, then he's absolutely expendable this time of year. And those two, Lackey and Waka, I think would, would uh, meet that criteria.
0: Junis has two starts next week also. He's got Detroit on the road and he's got Minnesota at home and Junis is now 21% owned. So, yeah, this is an opportunity for you. I did pick him up. I don't remember who I dropped. I dropped uh, Michael Conforto for him and Rajay Davis for him. Rajay Davis stole two bases yesterday. We'll talk about that, but but all right, Jake Junis, Luke Weaver's the obvious one. Jake Junis will be owned uh, in a lot fewer leagues, 60% fewer leagues uh, to be to be precise. So somebody you can go ahead and get. Email us at fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. Oh boy, I'm watching some Jake Junis highlights right now. What a nasty slider. And he said he had a slider working for him yesterday. Uh, so good start for him against the Rays. And the Royals scored! So how about that? They scored. They ended the, uh, they ended the streak. Yep. Here's an email. It's from Chris Taylor. You know him? From the Dodgers?
1: Not personally. I know who he is.
0: Well, he emailed us and he said, Hey, Adam, is Scott ever going to admit that I have taken a stud turn?
1: Woo! Stud turn. Chris Taylor. Uh, you know who's, Bundy's taking an ace turn. I wanted to use that line, but I missed my chance. So here it is. Uh, but yeah, as for, as for Taylor, here's where I stand with Taylor. Because yesterday I finished up my 30 bull predictions for 2018. Pretty, Significant piece. It's published on the site. Go check it out. Uh, I wanted to include a, a negative, bold prediction for Chris Taylor, but the thing about Chris Taylor is, yeah, the Babbitts has been high all year, unsustainably high, that's fair, but for him to really bottom out in terms of fantasy value, get back to being not a useful mixed league option, I would also have to buy that the 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 power increase we've seen from him this year is illegitimate and between the the change he made mechanically with the leg kick this off season his age you know he's just entering the prime of his career the kind of contact he's making I can't say that the power is illegitimate for Chris Taylor so you know, let's say the Babbitt progresses and he's only a two hundred seventy hitter when all is said and done. I think he still provides enough power, particularly with all that versatility, that he's you know, an even better version of Jet Jerko, basically. So is he a stud? I think that's taking it a little too far. Is he must start? With shortstop eligibility, I'd say yes. Oh, absolutely. However, he's only made
0: six appearances at shortstop. And eight at third base, so he's going to be second base and
1: outfield eligible next year. Yeah, at this rate. And I'm I don't know if ahead. a standard head-to-head lineup, I'd draft him as a starter. But a standard roto lineup where you have the middle infield spot, five outfielders. Yeah, that's fair. Hey, I'm going to say late round pick.
0: I'm going to stick with that late round pick for for the one hit wonders, the ones that come out of nowhere. And I I guess we can call it the Jonathan VR effect. Uh, but if it just if it surprised us so much. There was no reason for it, you know. I'm just
1: not gonna buy it. Okay, that's it's gonna be dangerous to apply that across the board. I think it will, but. and
0: it I pro, I feel like I'll be right
1: more often than not. Well, I mean, do you do you uh, do you going to take this approach with like Jimmy Nelson, Zach Godley next no, year? No, I think hitters, just hitters. He's yeah. becoming more and more arbitrary.
0: No, I don't think so. I mean, first of all, Nelson was a good prospect. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to. I'm looking through. I'm looking through our draft results to find another example, because there were other examples other than Jonathan VR of the one-hit wonders. I mean, I guess you could sort of look at Gene Segura. I didn't really consider him
1: a one-hit wonder. Yeah. But I he, mean, Rick Porcello and Kyle Hendricks, to some degree, they've had value, but. To Not a major degree, what they were drafted to be. Oh, they're busts, no doubt. Um, but then you have like Adam Duvall, you have Jose Ramirez. Like, I, I think you can well, come up with just.
0: I, do you know? think Ramirez is a one hit wonder? I, I mean, a guy who's been like pretty bad in his career,
1: and then all of a sudden just had this monster year. Going into last year, I thought Jose Ramirez was, you know basically a a a utility man a guy who deserved to be a bench player i i didn't see him having mixed league appeal at all and he became this great option that nobody wanted in the draft i kept i kept getting him in the ninth and tenth rounds and then lo and behold he becomes even better so Mm -hmm. i don't know that you can normally expect them to become better but um if 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 you if they're already being downgraded because of the out of nowhere quality of their breakout season then there's a lot of value to be had there. I I don't like making these kind of like overriding uh, rules.
0: Yeah, you shouldn't. I and I probably will make exceptions, but it will be my default. Uh Alemas Diaz was the other guy that I couldn't think of, but Gotcha. I guess, you know, I'm looking at Diaz, I didn't, he didn't strike out last year. 60 strikeouts
1: in 111 games. That's something that VR did a ton. And that- Yeah, no, I mean, Alemnus Diaz, of all the ones you named, he was the one I had the most confidence in. Yeah.
0: And, Um, and all, and Chris Taylor strikes out, so alright, you know what? We'll revisit it, but I got burned by some one-hit wonders this year. So, uh, so we'll see. Uh, news and notes. A lot of big ones here. First of all, Bryce Harper walking without a limp. He is improving. No timetable for his return. Clayton Kershaw will start on Friday. He's been on the DL since July 23rd. Chris Sale is the fastest player in baseball history to 1,500 Ks. Woohoo. Woo. Yep. A lot of Ks. Trey Turner's back. Cody Bellinger will be back today. Curtis Granderson expected to stay in the lineup. Adrian Gonzalez, see ya. Alex Wood will start Sunday. So Kershaw, Ballinger, Wood all back, but it's not all good news. Corey Seager sat on Tuesday with a sore elbow. He's day-to-day. Carlos Correa. is going to get more starts at short. Uh, Probably not enough to get
1: to 20, though.
0: Carlos Correa expected to return from the torn thumb ligament on Friday. Carlos Stanton tied a Major League record with 18 home runs in August, and he's got two more days to set that record. Joey Gallo returned to the Texas lineup. He homered. Delano DeShield sat. But Carlos Gomez is not good. <laughs> So play play Delano to Shields. <clears throat> uh Ian Desmond started in left field, but Carlos Gonzalez sat again. Desmond did steal a base and cargo pinch hit. Miguel Cabrera, so he's been out with the back injury. He's also facing a suspension. He apparently will have chronic back issues that are going to be an issue for the rest of his career, according to Brad Osmus.
1: Yeah. Dun yeah. dun dun. It sounded like the the quote read kinda like Osmus just kind of giving his own impression of the situation rather than passing on an actual diagnosis. So, you know, it, it, he just said basically it's something that they'll probably have to manage going forward. And, and um, you know, Miguel Cabrera is going to be have to be careful not to develop any bad habits, trying to play through it. And I, I don't know. I don't know exactly what to make of it. I do, I do think Awesomeness wouldn't have said it uh, if it hadn't been something Cabrera was dealing with all season. And in sure. fact, yeah. I think the report said it started during the World Baseball Classic. So, you know, it's kind of an explanation for what's been going on with Miguel Cabrera all season. Um, will an off season of rest make a big difference for him? I, I think there's a good chance. I mean, Bryce Harper had. Neck slash back slash shoulder issues all of last year and then, you know, he comes back after an offseason. He's completely different. Also 10 years younger than Cabrera, but there's no substitute for rest when you're getting over an injury. Sure.
0: Okay. Uh, now I've been getting a lot of questions about Gary Sanchez and when he, when the suspension will be announced. It, there's, it's possible he won't have his appeal heard until after the weekend. So you made the right move if you started him this week. Next week could be
1: stickier for Gary how many chances? games is it four i mean yeah and and if the appeal is heard there's a good chance it's reduced to three or whatever right yeah um so it, it's a unique situation because you have now with with posy's health issues clearly the top player at clearly the weakest position and is any waiver wire catcher With twice as many games in a week as Sanchez, let's say, would you still trust him to outperform Sanchez? I personally wouldn't. I don't care that much when it comes to setting my lineups in a weekly format. If it was a 10-game suspension like Cabrera got, that's different, but I don't think it's long enough at that position specifically to scare me away from the best player.
0: All right, fair enough. And I guess the best-case scenario would be two games missed this week, two games missed next week, and he would more or less have a normal week. Um, So we'll see. Now, uh, Tyler Flowers is not somebody you want to rely on as a waiver wire catcher because he hurt his wrist. And actually, this is pretty interesting for Kurt Suzuki, Scott, because Tyler Flowers is going to have his wrist evaluated. If he ends up out, I don't know that he'll go on the DL because September's right around the corner, but, uh, if Suzuki gets regular playing time and he's performed, I'm guessing, like, OPS-wise, Kurt Suzuki might be a top five catcher. Yeah. But he has not been. Probably. I know he is, of course, playing in the ballpark where the, where you can
1: trust the ball to touch the sun. (laughs) But you know, the park effects don't actually show a SunTrust park to be that great of a home run park.
0: It's really? interesting
1: yeah. because the eye test would – and just like uh, – The Tehran test. Right, right. The <laughs> Tehran test. Um, so I don't know how much it's helped them. I mean, just looking at the dimensions, I think it has to be better than Turner Field. But whatever. I'm not going to start arguing whether or not we should believe the park effects. But what about Suzuki? Do you believe it's Suzuki? Suzuki um, – yeah, I think it's very interesting, because even if you don't buy the power he's shown this year, and, and I think he's he's equal to career high in home runs, he used to be, he used to have pretty good pop in his early days, but, you know, that still topped out at like 15 when he was with the A's. Um, obviously, much fewer bats this year. So even if you don't buy the big jump in home runs, he's still a very good contact hitter in terms he makes a lot of contact. So... I think the floor is pretty high for him too, and if he's getting regular at bats, um, you know, I I I think I think I think at the very least he's Jonathan Lucroy, and um, there's the chance he's better than that.
0: That is Kurt Suzuki. Keep an eye on that as Tyler Flowers deals with a wrist injury. And finally, yeah, so Seattle did acquire Mike Leake. Value
1: up, down are the same uh probably down a little just cuz he's going to the AL and uh has to face another hitter every time through the lineup but uh, he, he was already fading yeah. from from mixed league perspective this is maybe the final excuse you need to drop him there AL only leagues is a pretty exciting pickup and one that's unexpected this time of year
0: yeah absolutely no doubt Uh, so Mike Leake is in the American League and Luke Weaver stays in the rotation. And by the way, Adam Wainwright is not expected to begin a throwing program for another week. So what does that mean? Who's going to jump in the Cardinals rotation?
1: Got to be Jack Flaherty, right? Ooh. So we won't, so you said Wainwright won't begin a throwing program for another week. I'm actually going to write about Jack Flaherty later. So that's that's, what I
0: saw. That's what I saw on the update on our website. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's good to know. Um, so, Flaherty's had a great year at AAA, basically as good as Weaver's, and, uh, some prospect towns think he's an even better talent than Weaver. I'm a little skeptical of that, but, you know, if they're at least in the same discussion, then he's somebody who you might want to look into in mixed leagues. I don't know about the innings, if that's going to become a concern for him. Let's look at how he's doing with that. 148 and two thirds this year versus 134 last year. So there's a good chance he won't make it all the way through September. Uh, but you know, maybe by the time before Wainwright's ready to come back, he can get two or three starts in Jack Flaherty.
0: This is actually a big deal. I wish I had, I wish this had occurred to me earlier in the podcast because Jack Flaherty is somebody that you want to pick up. Would you pick up Jake Junis or Jack Flaherty?
1: I think I'd pick up Junas actually.
0: Okay. Junas is a two star pitcher next week.
1: Yeah. Uh but Flaherty's stats just to point them out that this is between double A AA and Triple A, two eighteen ERA, one hundred four whip, eight point nine strikeouts per nine innings, but he's seen a a velocity spike this year, has a couple has a couple good secondary pitches and uh throw strikes. So he's <clears> he's uh he looks like he could be pretty good.
0: All right, bravo, Jack Flaherty. And bravo for you, the smart people out there who have gotten yourselves a Harry's razor. Listen, I I don't know how else I can put this. If you need a razor, I'm giving you one for free. Harry's is giving you five blades and a razor handle and shave gel and a travel blade cover for free. Why not give it a shot? And why are they doing this? Why are they giving it to you for free? Because they're so confident in their product that you're going to try it and you're going to love it. and You're going to be a Harry's Razors user for life. So here's what you do. You go to harrys.com slash FBT. You get a $13 value for free. The only thing you pay for is shipping. So just a few bucks for shipping. Harrys.com, H-A-R-R-Y-S dot com, H-A-R-R-Y-S dot com, slash F-B-T. Harrys is great. Scott and I, Chris, Heath, we all have Harrys razors. I use it all the time. It's a really good razor. It's better than what I used to be using. It's a closer shave, and the price is just unbeatable because you're not buying from middlemen anymore. You're buying from directly from Harry's. They ship it right to your door, and you, on the first time, you're not buying anything. You're just paying for shipping. Harry's.com slash FBT for a very close, comfortable shave that you're going to love, plus a weighted razor handle, five blades, rich lathering shave gel, a travel blade cover, all yours for the price of just shipping. Harry's.com slash FBT. It's a no-brainer. Please make it happen. Let's talk about some more pitchers from yesterday, Scott. Fringy starting pitchers. Mike Fires. Curveball not spinning.
1: Never we winning. shouldn't have started Mike Fires.
0: No. Are you gonna start him? He was bad against Texas. Are you gonna start him against the Mets this weekend? Have you lost faith or will you start him uh, in that cake matchup?
1: I think so. And then you're saying his his matchup next week is Oakland. At Oakland. It's, it's becoming harder and harder to predict a week a week ahead of time where exactly a pitcher spot's going to line up. But uh, with two really favorable matchups coming up, don't think we can drop fires, but... So you're playing with fires. I hate that he did that yesterday. Yeah. Ah. And I hate that Matt Moore was in my lineup
0: because he got crushed at San Diego. This was a... I mean, I guess I could say it's a lesson learned about trusting Matt Moore, but I didn't trust him that much to begin with. I was just gambling. yeah. And he will have a home start against St. Louis this weekend. Would, would you start him in a daily league?
1: Nope. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I I mean, I was,
1: you remember I was hedging even at San Diego. Ultimately, I sided with you and said we should start him, but no, I don't, I don't have much faith in Matt Moore at all. Herman
0: Marquez. He is a two-star pitcher next week. San Francisco at home. Dodgers on the road. He's 70% owned. He pitched brilliantly against the Tigers last night. So San Francisco, actually, I think for Marquez, San Francisco at home, I'd feel more comfortable starting him there against the Giants at Coors than I would at the Dodgers.
1: Yeah, probably. I don't know that uh really that interested in starting him against either. I, I like Marquez, it's just, obviously, he has a Coors field problem, and... Some consistency issues, too. Great that he had 10 strikeouts in this game. Not the first time we've seen that kind of production from him, but his previous five starts, he had 20 strikeouts combined, so that's like four a start. They had gone missing for a while there. So there's consistency issues, there's venue issues, and it's it's just going to be hard to trust him in a standard mixed league going forward. Would you drop Marquez for Flaherty or Junis? I think I'd drop him for Junis. Let's hear what the Cardinals actually plan to do before dropping him for Flaherty. Alright. Uh,
0: Edwin Jackson, what the heck? Two earned runs in six innings, four walks, five strikeouts, and now a 333 ERA for Jackson. And he just, he's been really good lately, and it's annoying, cause this shouldn't, this shouldn't happen. Uh, he's I really at,
1: don't trust it, no.
0: Yeah, know we don't trust it. We don't trust it, I'm not getting into it. We're not, we don't trust it, Edwin Jackson. No. Stop we, it. Now, here are some pitchers in deep leagues. There's one in particular that I think is pretty interesting. They're all owned in 20% of leagues or fewer. And they're not Jake Junis, who's obviously the head of this class. Luis Perdomo has two starts next week. He had a good one yesterday against the Giants. Martin Perez pitched well at Houston. In fact, uh, last five starts, I think, he's had one terrible one and then four good ones. Five combined runs in the other four starts. And seven or more innings in three of those four. So Martin Perez is pitching well. He gets uh, the Angels this weekend and then the Yankees next week. Uh, Erasmo Ramirez, last four starts, all quality starts. And then there's Sal Romano, who's got three good starts in a row. And I like the matchup. If you want to pick him up for next week, Sal Romano does start at Pittsburgh this week, but he's at the Mets next week. That's who he just faced yesterday. He went six innings and gave up three runs, struck out five. Uh, each 12% owned. So Sal Romano, just, just if you want to take a shot on a guy with a good matchup next week, Sal Romano has the Mets.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I still don't think Romano's a name we're going to be citing, you know, for the long run. He only had 5.8 strikeouts per 9 innings in 10 AAA starts this year. So, you know, I, this, this isn't a priority pickup, but the kind of run he's on, I think with good matchups, he's usable.
0: Alrighty. So, yeah, the other guys I don't think we're all that interested in. Perdomo,
1: Perez, and Erasmo. Maybe Erasmo R- 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 on the same level as Romano, but um but no, they don't have, they don't have a lot of upside.
0: Double Dongs
1: from yesterday!
0: About time we talk about Jorge Polanco, huh? First of all, CJ Crone, did you see what he won from Mike Trout as a result of his two-homer game? I didn't, no. He won Phoenix Suns season tickets. Mike Trout promised in season tickets to the Phoenix Suns. It's one of the weirdest things I've ever heard in my life. But he got him.
1: Yeah, that's, uh, that's interesting. Quite. It's not like it's the Diamondbacks, you know?
0: Uh, right. Yeah. Uh, I guess he lives there. But, but, um, Crone double-donged. Jorge Polanco! Last 28 days, he's the number three shortstop in fantasy. With six of his nine home runs in the season coming in the last 28 days. And by the way, yeah. Almost all of his home runs this year and, like, more than half in his career have come against the White Sox.
1: It's <laughs> That's bizarre. even beyond what I was going to point out. I was going to say the two home runs in this game and all four of the ones he hit last week were against the White Sox, which is true. Black's yep. like six home runs are against the White Sox.
0: Six I don't know that nine. there's
1: anything to that. Just other that the than, White Sox you know, The White pitchers. Sox have a lot of bad pitchers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I don't know that all the home runs have come against bad pitchers. You know, I don't either. I, I could look that up, but, um, yeah, I'm not really moved to add Polanco. I know shortstop is weak, and so anytime anybody heats up there, you could justify starting them, but it's becoming less and less weak, and I'd rather, I'd rather have Tim Beckham or Marcus Simeon, or there are, there are enough highly available shortstops. I don't even know that Beckham's that available anymore, but, Between Simeon and you know Ahmed Rosario, Catel Marte, uh if he's healthy. Those were those are all players I'd rather have than Jorge Polanco, even though Polanco is hot right now.
0: Yeah, all right. Fair enough. And you know, like he's hot right now and he he has like thirteen career home runs or something. This is just weird. He's not a power hitter. so. So
1: I'm pulling up the home run log. The six home runs were against Aaron Bummer. Bummer, dude. Bummer. Uh, James Shields twice. Still a bad pitcher. That's terrific. Lucas be- Giolito, who's, you know, pretty good, mm-hmm. but not that good. Carson Fulmer, Derek Holland. Yeah, bad pitchers. Yeah, Jorge Polanco. Yeah,
0: And Manny Machado hit two home runs, and Chris Towers is not on the show. That's a shame. I could try to come up with a Manny Machado song. Uh, oh, I got one for Chris. you. No, 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 don't do it. Don't do it. It's terrible. Please <laughs> don't. Please don't. Uh, doubles- Manny Machado. Oh.
1: Sorry folks. <laughs>
0: Scott's a kid in the candy <laughs> why, store right now. Why
1: would that be so annoying? Are you hearing it? It's not annoying. It's, it's fun.
0: I like the, I like the Travis Shaw song. That was fun. And Travis Shaw's okay. on Worryometer Wednesday, which is coming up in a second. Those were the double dongs. How about the double steals? Rajay Davis led off and stole two bases, and Andrew Benintendi stole two bases yesterday, which gives him 17 this year. Benintendi? It's
1: Benintendi. Yeah,
0: Benintendi, 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 <laughs> Travis Shaw! <laughs> Benintendi's the number twenty outfielder in points, number twenty three in Roto. Anything to say about Rajay or Benintendi?
1: Not really. I mean, Davis is obviously a short term fill in for Jackie Bradley, so he's, he's he's not somebody you know unless you're looking up to make a lot of you're looking to make up a lot of steals in a short period of time. He's not somebody you need to pay attention to. I hope this becomes the norm for Benintendi because since there is some question about how how big of a home run hitter he'll be. Uh, It would uh, – steals would go a long way toward making him a legitimately high-end fantasy outfielder.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Ben Benintendi right now with 18 home runs, 17 steals. That's pretty good with a month left. So I don't know. I mean, like a 22-22 guy is probably not that exciting, but it's good. And uh there's obviously room for growth. He's, you know, second, second year in the league. He's very, very young. I'll be pretty excited about Benintendi next year. And now it's time for the most confusing player in fantasy, Yasiel Puig. Is, okay. he, is he worth owning in 93% of leagues, starting in 78% of leagues? He's the number 33 outfielder in points leagues, number 38 in Roto. That's he, it, huh? With 24 home runs and 12 steals. Yeah. He's got an 830 OPS, Yasiel Puig. He plays on one of the best teams in baseball, and he's scored only 62 runs and driven in only 60. He's, played, he's on the, the best team in baseball.
1: He's batted eighth a fair amount this year, yeah. But I know he didn't yesterday. He was in the middle of the lineup yesterday. He's uh, batting one fifty-two against lefties
0: this year, and he's a righty, and that's not the norm for him. He's got one home run against lefties and twenty-three against righties. Yasiel hmm. Puig is the most confusing player in fantasy. I just threw my pen down in
1: disgust. I was like, pissed. It is confusing because he's also walked a lot and and not struck out very much this year. You know he's going to come very close to 30 home runs. It has been it's been you know after the two seasons he just had, it's been a dream scenario for Yasiel yeah. Puig this year and yet he's still pretty fringy.
0: Yeah, to be to be outside the top 30 at outfield without a DL stint means you really haven't stood out. But he's been like consistent Puig. And then here's the thing, like you you want to talk about is he a power hitter? Well, if he hits close to 30 home runs, it looks like he is. But he's got 16 doubles and only two
1: triples. so Yeah, that hasn't helped. 16 doubles please. is very, but very you know, low. You know what I think the biggest thing is, is uh, what I was saying about where he's batted this year. I, I think sometimes we can make too much of it, but when you're hitting eight consistently, and he's hit eighth 56 times this year, it does things like this. He's on pace to play 154 games, so basically every day, and yet he's on pace for only 508. At bats, and you know he's he's walked above an above average amount, but not so much that he should end up with barely over 500 at bats playing every day. So, um, he's 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 kind of gotten burned by the depth of the Dodgers lineup. When normally you think of that as a good thing.
0: Now you said he hit in the middle of the order, Yasuo Puig. So I just want to take a look because Bellinger will be back today. That's obviously a middle of the order bat, but I feel like he hasn't been batting eighth
1: in a while couple weeks. couple weeks. A couple weeks. He's batted mostly six. Okay. Is it?
0: What am I? He's batting. Am I looking at the wrong year? What the hell's going on? Yeah, I'm looking at the 2013 Dodgers. So he's batted <laughs> mostly six. So when he bats six, Yasiel Puig in 13 games has scored nine runs yeah. and driven in six. So better numbers. Especially with a run score. Yeah. Hopeful or help hopeful or hopeless. Hopeful or hopeless. Rest of the season. These guys are all owned in seventy three percent of leagues or more. Hanley Ramirez, hopeful or hopeless. Manny Ramirez oh,
1: this is this is fun. Hanley Ramirez. <laughs> yes, Hanley Ramirez. Hopeless. He's hopeless. Not the first time I've said that in in his career, and he has proven me wrong before, but I don't know that I'm ever going to go into a season believing in Hanley Ramirez again. No, I don't no. care if he re- wins AL MVP this next This is rest year. of season.
0: Think- rest of season.
1: Oh, we're just doing rest of season? Yeah, last month. Hopeful this- or ho- hopeless. That's not the game we were playing yesterday. No, right? we were not. We changed it. Well, I still think he's hopeless just
0: because there's so much depth <laughs> at first base. Eric Thames, 86% on. Both Hanley and Thames homered yesterday.
1: Thames hasn't done anything since April. i got to go with hopeless.
0: Yeah, he has a 749 OPS and a 209 batting average since May 1st. And he sits against lefties. Eric Thames is hopeless. Kyle Schwarber, not bad hopeless. the last couple weeks, but not great. Kyle Schwarber, hopeless. 80% owned. Hopeless, hopeless. Hopeless? All right. No hope. And for some reason, Ryan Healy is 73%
1: owned. Hopeful
0: or Hopeless.
1: Oh, he's hesitating. Well, I mean, the ceilings, the expectations are much lower for Healy to begin with, right? Yeah, but the ownership isn't that much lower. Seventy-three percent, right? right. I, I mean, just understanding what Healy is, I would say hopeful. Um, you, you know, he he's going to be a player who helps you in home runs and probably not much of anything else. All so. Right. Okay,
0: when phrased that way, makes sense. Worryometer Wednesday! Here are some, some studs. How worried are you about Marwin Gonzalez? Zero to ten.
1: I am... I thought he was overperforming all season. And I was happy to drop him in a league where I got Trey Turner off the DL, and I've lowered him in my rankings recently. So, Worryometer, I'll give it about... Uh, an eight or seven or eight. Let's All say right. seven.
0: Keep in mind with Marwin that Correa will be back on Friday, most likely, and that will probably mean some more days off for Gonzalez, especially against lefties. Been bad against lefties this year. Travis Shaw batting two thirty-two with a three ninety slugging percentage in August. Wariometer on Shaw.
1: Maybe like a three. All right, not too. You know worried. what I noticed yesterday, Adam. Carlos Santana. Killing it. Has now outscored Travis Shaw in points league. What? Really? Yep. Wow. Wow. Uh, oh, Gene Segura, number
0: 16 shortstop in fantasy, he did have a DL stint. But what's your worryometer on him since the All-Star break? Segura's batting 223 with one home run.
1: Now, I'd probably rather own him than Marwin Gonzalez, but I'm gonna give him a firm eight on the worryometer. Just because I think if you look at his season line, really not that good i mean he's usable at a weak position startable right but wasn't able to sustain the power gains from a year ago and and really what's killed him is he's just not running as much either so he's he's lost uh two of the two of the things that really helped him stand out last year and i think is just kind of a kind of a jag
0: last guy what about that big guy that like 6 foot 8 hulking power hitter who since the All-Star break is batting 179? What Aaron about Judd? the Judge? All rise or all sit. <laughs> Worryometer on Aaron
1: Judge. Uh um 8 Maybe I'm overreacting. I can't go 8. I'm going to go 6. <laughs> okay, maybe 6 is better. But he's yeah. getting treatment on his shoulder. Mhm. He's wearing down. Yeah, I mean that's that's really the thing that makes me worry. Otherwise, I might go like a 2 for judge if I didn't worry about his health at all because I think I think there was a lot of regression coming and that's what we're seeing, but um, you know, eventually that pendulum's going to swing the other way too. The kind of the quality of the contact he makes is as good as anybody. That um, is true. Basically, him and Stanton are on another level as far as that goes. So, you know, if he's not healthy, that changes everything. It's kind of vague just the, the nature of that injury he has. So it's hard to judge. But I'll give this. a six. Oh, nice. Nice, Scott. Very well done. And I didn't do it on purpose.
0: And then let's talk about some players in the rotation. Zach Godley, Rich Hill, and Jake Arietta Three-man rotation today. Zach Godley, Rich Hill, and Jake Arietta So Godley is at Colorado this weekend, first of all. Scott or or sit? Starter sit, Zach Godley.
1: Well, I had him as a start for the two-start week, even though the first was against the Dodgers and then second at Colorado. If you're reducing it to just one at Colorado, I'm probably going to say sit. Yeah. Though, uh, so far, starting him for the two starts has worked out pretty well for you. The ERA was high in this game, four and runs in six innings. You know, it was on the high side. Technically missed a quality start. But low whip... Uh, only seven base runners in the six innings, and he got the win. So it was, for a start against the Dodgers, it was not disappointing. Yeah, certainly
0: not. And he's faced the Dodgers a few times recently, and Godley's given up 12 home runs this year, and six of them have come in August. Four of those have come against the Dodgers. So well, two of them came yesterday. Yeah, two came yesterday. Scott still loves Zach Godley. They are BFF.
1: Twelve is a tiny, tiny number yes. for this for a pitcher in this environment.
0: Rich Hill, eight hits, six runs in three and two-thirds, coming off the near no-hitter, near-perfect game, but he only threw 99 pitches in that game at Pittsburgh. Uh, is this just a blip in the radar, just a weird bad start for Rich Hill?
1: Yeah. I think he took a liner off his hip in the first inning also, right? Uh, I don't know. Not that he was pitching well before them, but it couldn't have helped. Yeah, he went from um, king of the hill to a hill of beans. Ah. right. Pretty good. Yeah, I know. I'm working on it. How long did it take you to think of that one? Just
0: now. Why do you guys really? think it
1: takes me so long to think of these things? It would take me a long time. Oh. You... I, 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 I'd reduce you to my level, I guess. Uh, yeah, um, yeah, no, don't, don't ever do that. Jake Arietta. Look, Jake
0: Arietta, all of a sudden, is the number 14 starting pitcher in points and number 13 in roto for the season. He is a 336 ERA, a 118 whip, and about a strikeout per inning. And he had a great start, scoreless start yesterday, and apparently he wasn't even at his best. He only had three swinging strikes against Pittsburgh. Like the swinging strike rate has been really bad for Jake Arietta Yet yeah. he's been pitching great. He's got a sub two ERA in his last eleven starts. I, I did, mean, I hadn't
1: noticed the swinging strike rate had been really, really bad. You say it's yeah, it's is like it 8%, worse or is it just bad?
0: It's like eight percent swinging strikes in his last eleven starts or something.
1: That's bad. I mean, the 10, the 10 starts is where he's really turned things around. 185 ERA, .98 whip, 8 strikeouts per 9 innings, which 8 per 9 isn't bad. It's less than you expect from an ace, less than we used to expect from Marietta. But I think this, he's, he's lost something in terms of stuff this year. And what I think we're seeing, we've seen over the last two months is him, um, accepting that the stuff is worse and adapting to what he has, becoming more, Putting more of an emphasis on on being a ground ball generator rather than a bat misser. His first three months, he had a ground ball rate of 48.7%. Last two months, when he's had all the success, 43.9%. Uh, only, uh, I think, six home runs during that 10 start stretch. The but home late. runs have been down. He's getting more fly balls this year, Arietta. For the year?
0: Yeah, a lot more. Maybe. A lot but more.
1: For the last two months when he's had success, the ground balls have been up.
0: I thought you, okay, repeat the stat because I thought you said it was 48 and then it, recently two months has been
1: 43. You know what? I said it backwards. Okay, okay. First okay. three months was 43.9, last two months 48.7.
0: Alright. That's interesting because yeah, season long, the fly balls have been like up. I don't know if I'd say significantly, but somewhere between a little and significantly.
1: <laughs> Uh, they've I been mean, up when, for when he was at his best. When he was putting up a 170 7 ERA, and really it started the year before that, uh, he was great at all three of the fit measurements, home runs included. It did, didn't get as much attention because home runs never get as much attention as strikeouts and walks. But that was a part of his skill set that kind of got away from him as the stuff got worse. And it seems like he's made it a priority. Top fifteen pitcher next year, Jake Arrieta. Top 20. I won't say top 15, but top 20.
0: All righty. So let's look at today's matchups. I can tell you right now, I I am sitting Justin Verlander at Coors Field. I did read, though, that the I don't know what the stat line was, but last time he went to Coors Field, it was a while ago. He threw a complete game. But we'll get to that. Uh, the Braves and Phillies are already underway. And uh, Freddie, Freeman, First two. Freddie Freeman has a double. Yeah, we have two doubleheaders today. So we'll skip, um, we'll skip the one o'clock game. And, I don't know, I doubt many people will hear this before two, but Cardinals Brewers start Carlos Martinez and Chase Anderson? Yes. Ariel Miranda, Ubaldo Jimenez? No. Verlander at
1: Chad Bettis? I'll start Verlander at Colorado. Julio Teran at Mark Leiter? I'm okay. Hmm. Mm. I'd rather not do either. I'd actually be more likely to start lighter, I think.
0: You might get you might get a stripped down version of the lineups, you know that happens with double headers. If Freeman's That's playing true. today, he maybe he won't play in the second game. So maybe keep not. that in mind. If Freeman's not in there, I think light him up as Scott would say. <laughs>
1: Light him up. There you go. There's no effect for that, I don't think. It was just good. That was Light him up. You have your
0: own Batman effect. I love that scene. I freaking love that scene. When he says that and then he lights it up, oh, my gosh. Love it. Standing ovation.
1: Uh, Marlon's... The yeah. thing um, is, it was the worst of the three movies. And it's still, my favorite one. Still love it. Oh, it's your favorite. That I is... agree it's the worst, but it is my favorite because I enjoy it the most. It's the most fun. I think... I mean, everybody can sit, like, on on an objective level, The Dark Knight is the best, right? Batman Begins is probably my favorite. No,
0: Batman Begins is the best to me. Uh, Oh, you think it, you you actually think it's the best? I do, because I think The Dark Knight, it does, it tries too hard to cram in Two-Face, and ends up being about 45 minutes too long, and it just feels very forced, and it doesn't really go anywhere. Takes away, Uh, it takes away from the plot, I think. It's really good. It's great. It's great. But I'm, I'm nitpicking here. In order of like best made, to me I go dark, I go one, two, three.
1: In order of preference, what I would watch, I would go three, one, two. You least, like I feel like The Dark Knight has gotten better to me with every view. I love them all. I love them all. Every time they're on I watch them. But Batman Begins, what I love about Batman Begins is it just, it, it gets me, Emotionally invested in the character Bruce Wayne in a way I'd never been before And you kind of lose that Some in the second and third movies Because there's there's more emphasis on the On the villains so mm-hmm. But I don't know it, it still carries Over enough from the first movie that uh, Dark Knight's Probably the best but I like Batman Begins an awful lot
0: Sid Adam Conley starts Steven Strasberg, Ryan Merritt Jordan Montgomery today Neither Blue Jays, Red Sox, Porcello and Hap. I will. I'll. Uh, I'll start Porcello. Cashner and Keiko in Tampa. Keiko. Ooh, that game's on ESPN. That's gonna be a bad one to be on ESPN. They're gonna be like thirty people there. Ooh, oh, Rafael Montero at Homer Bailey.
1: Um. No. Neither. Yeah. Pirates at Cubs. Nova Quintana. Definitely Quintana and not Nova.
0: Derek Holland, Jose Barrios. I'll ride Barrios for
1: this matchup.
0: Odorizzi and Vargas.
1: Uh, no thanks. I'm going to pass. Neither are terrible. Like, neither are avoid at all costs. But I'm I'm not moved to start either, if I can help it.
0: Are they both below Verlander? Odorizzi yeah. and Vargas. yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Ty Block, Travis Wood. Nope. Hyunjin Ryu, Robbie Ray.
1: I could do both. I'm a little hesitant with Ryu, but I think I'd do it. Kendall Graveman at Parker Bridwell. This is probably the most interesting one. It is. It is. Uh, you know, I might, I might actually start both. I'm feeling pretty good about it. Cool. Uh,
0: Kendall Graveman at Parker Bridwell, A's at Angels. And Scott, let's read some emails to finish off the show. And here we go. We have a bunch of them. So let's see if we can go kind of quickly here. From okay. Tim, Tim in Chicago. Hey, Walter, Donnie, and the dude.
1: Big Lebowski.
0: Yeah, overrated. 12 team keeper head to head categories league. I can only keep two players that I had before the trade deadline. So I have Trey, Tum- Trey Turner coming off the DL. Who should I drop? Whit Merrifield, who I can keep. Domingo Santana, I can keep. Trey Mancini, I can keep. Elvis Andrew, yes, I can keep him. Eugenio Suarez cannot keep him. So you drop well, Wit Domingo, Trey, Elvis, or Eugenio.
1: He can only keep two players, he's saying, so it's not like... Right, so he'll keep Trey Turner. Yeah. I'd drop, I'd drop Santana, Domingo, Santana, and Trey Mancini. I think he only has to drop one. Oh. Well, then I'll drop Domingo, Santana. Okay, this
0: one is from No Name. I forgot his name. Sorry, I didn't put it in the email. Uh, how would you rank these closers in a points league rest of year? Viscaino, Ziggler,
1: Neris, Parker, McGee. Man, it's a shame we don't keep rest of season rankings
0: <laughs>
1: for points and roto leagues both. Um, I will rank them and hopefully I don't, uh, contradict myself, but Viscaino, Parker, Ziggler, and McGee.
0: Biscaino, Parker, Ziggler, and Eris McGee? Is that what you said?
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
0: And then from George, should I drop Sam Dyson for Blake Parker
1: in a categories league? Depends which category you need more of. I mean, Dyson's obviously the safer choice for his category, stolen bases, than Parker is for saves.
0: Wrong! But- I think he meant Sam Dyson. Oh, that makes more sense.
1: Yeah. Yes, drop Sam Dyson for Parker, right? Uh, Dyson's a safer bet for saves than Parker, but, yeah. you know. I think if Parker hasn't been picked up yet, then I don't think you need to be so protective of Dyson, so I'll do it. Isaac
0: wants to know if he should drop Tommy Pham or Dexter Fowler. Fowler. Mike wants to know who you would start. Uh Robbie, I guess he starts, um, uh we're a little bit too late on this question. Sorry, because the Phillies already started today. And finally, from Charlie D. Oh, no, we have two more. Charlie D. Hey, real quick. Who do I drop with Bellinger returning? Thames, Duvall, Fam, or Hoskins? I think it has to be Thames. It sure does. We actually have two more emails. They just keep on coming. <laughs> Jason from Ottawa. Pick two closers to drop from this list of five. Brad Hand, Brad Ziegler. Zach Britton, Jake McGee, Blake Parker.
1: McGee and I guess Ziggler. Part of me wants to say Britton. I know, I know it does. But I'm going to say Ziggler. McGee and Ziggler.
0: This is Brendan from Toronto. What do the Diamondbacks do with Archie Bradley next year? He also says, dear Terry, AJ, and John. They feel like managers.
1: Terry, Kona, AJ Hinch, and John... Gibbons? Okay. Oh, so the, 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 the division leaders <clears> in AO. <throat> They're managers.
0: Uh, I don't think John, oh, John Farrell. There you go. Yeah.
1: Right, right, right. Yeah, sorry. That's who I, that's who I thought you said, actually. <laughs> I it's not what you said. <laughs> yeah. What happens with Archie Bradley next year? It's a great question. I think he should be their closer. Uh, I, I think that would make a lot of sense. I mean, Fernando Rodney can't keep doing it forever. And, uh, we know Bradley can be a dominant reliever. He's pro- proven it this year. I don't think they've abandoned the idea of him starting and, you know, maybe they shun it. He, it wasn't too long ago he was the top pitching prospect in baseball and now that he's showing some signs of success in the majors, look, it worked for Danny Duffy and he's been more valuable in that starting role than in, as good as he was as a reliever that, you know, starters, a quality starter is more valuable. So I would guess they try him in the rotation next year, next spring. Um, but it's, it's going to be a, ro- a crowded rotation. So it wouldn't surprise me if he winds up back in the bullpen. I don't think it'll be to close though.
0: So was I, Oh, it is so obvious to me. Write this down. Uh, August 30th, 1254 PM Eastern. It is so obvious to me that the Diamondbacks are going to lose their wild card game on a Fernando Rodney blown save.
1: It's just, it's just so obvious to me. It's going to happen. You don't think it'll happen on a Greg Holland blown save? Did I say the Rockies? No, you said Diamondbacks. Oh, I was just saying. No, Greg I Holland's don't. The one blowing all the saves these days. I don't because they have
0: the guts at least to to remove him if they want. They won't remove Fernando Rodney, and he
1: hasn't deserved it. You know, he's he's been fine, but it's it's going to happen. I think Greg Holland will be fine by then for what it's worth. Yeah. Um but okay. I mean, that would be poetic in a way for all the all the Rodney doubters out there, but for the most part he's been pretty reliable this season, so we'll see. I trust I trust their closer in a wild card game more than I trust the twins' closer in a wild card game. Isn't it amazing? I can't how believe it, yeah. So many of the teams in the wild card mix in the AL were sellers at the trade deadline. Mm-hmm. So despite their best efforts, they're competing.
0: Wouldn't it the be poetic
1: traded away reliever? The, wouldn't it, wouldn't it be poetic
0: did. if the Yankees play the Twins in the wild card game and Jaime Garcia beats the Twins to clinch it
1: since they that- traded him to the Yankees? That would be a wild scenario if the Yankees have to turn to Jaime Garcia. we would be game. Something's gone really wrong. It would be
0: bad. All right, that's it for me and Scott. We'll talk to you tomorrow, everybody. Thanks a lot for listening. There will not be a show on Monday, by the way, for Labor Day, but we'll be here Thursday and Friday, so we'll see you then.